podcasting from my sex writing cave where all the smut happens in real life in my head or on paper, this is the Smutlancer Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss writing and creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. I'm your host and fellow Smutlancer, Kayla Lords. Welcome to episode 44. This week, I'm bringing back the money discussion that we started in episode 37, but this time let's talk about how to set your rates and a few things to consider when you do. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer podcast is produced every Wednesday, and show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. Follow me there or on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at thesmutlancer. This week's episode is brought to you by QuickBooks Self-Employed. Is 2019 the year you want to grow your income and actually track it? I use QuickBooks Self-Employed to figure out how much I've made for the year, to project how much I will make, to keep track of my expenses, and to pay my quarterly taxes. Even if you don't need to do all of that yet, it's great to track your income, no matter how big or small. Save 50% off the cost for a full year by going to my special link. It's bit.ly slash smutlancer. You'll get access to QuickBooks Self-Employed for as low as $5 a month for a full year when you use my link. Again, it's bit.ly slash smutlancer, or just use the link in the show notes and make 2019 the year you watch your smutlancer income grow. Okay, full disclaimer, as we get started, uh, this one will probably be a longer one than usual because it's a massive topic. And I know me, once I get started, I will just keep going. We're going to barrel through this one. Um, Because the money thing, whether we're talking about how to get paid and how to actually bill out clients, which is what we talked about in episode 37, um, or we talk about setting our rates, these are all really big topics to tackle. There's a lot of detail. There's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of subjectivity based on uh, your comfort level, your experience, your needs, all those kinds of things. Um, I'm not going to say that I have all of the answers. Um, I'm definitely speaking from experience, good and bad, because I can certainly tell you what not to do. Um, And you may find as you start Um, setting rates, whether it's for um, people who want to advertise on your blog or it's for um, client work. You're going after companies and you're like, hey, I can create content for you. I can write an article. I can make a graphic. I can edit a video. I can do audio, whatever your thing is, right? Um, You're going to learn how this works for you and you're going to find the way that works for you. Um, My way sort of works for me. Uh, If anybody checks out the income reports I put out each month, it's clearly doing, I'm doing something right here. Um, But I don't think I have the only way of setting rates and getting paid. So um, all of this is sort of a, um, your results may vary kind of thing. And we have to find our own way. But because there's a lot of confusion about it, and a lot of people, the very first question they ask is, well, how, how the hell do I know what to charge? Uh, it's worth a discussion. Now, I have written about this a lot on the Smutlancer website, um, including a two-part series specifically on calculating your rates. Everything I've written about figuring out how much to charge and getting paid and all of that, including episode 37, I will link to in the show notes. So if you don't remember that or it's been a while or you want to review it or whatever, you can go back and get that information. The other thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to try and get better about this for 2019, is that the what we talk about is very niche. Not everybody is a sex blogger or creates content about sex. Uh, not everybody who does that wants to get paid. We are like the little engine that could over here. I say apparently it's the royal we. Y'all know it's just me over here uh, with John Brownstone's help. Um, so when 
I put out content, whether it's a blog post or a podcast episode that you find helpful, um, anything you can do to share it is greatly appreciated because I think the only way this site's ever gonna reach the people I need to reach to actually help to grow us all as professionals is gonna be by word of mouth. So certainly don't, I'm not begging you to do it every time, but anytime something actually helps you, please feel free to share it. You don't have to ask me, even though it's really sweet when people ask. Um, and I don't mind being linked to, and I don't, God knows I don't mind being pimped. I'm a sex blogger, right? Anyway, um, so just, I know this is a really important topic, so I'm hoping we can reach the most amount of people and people can start getting paid fairly for what they do. So the other reason I decided to bring this up, and I cannot remember who it was, I don't wanna speak out of turn or say the wrong person's name, but I did see a recent tweet from a newer sex blogger who was very frustrated that experienced bloggers don't share our rates. Um, and I'm, I didn't have the full context of that tweet, so I don't know if they mean for things like sponsored posts and advertising and the things we charge people for to get on our personal blog or for other things. I'm speaking in general about charging rates. Um, there is added nuance between your own site and when you're working for somebody else. Most of this discussion will probably default to when you're working for somebody else, but I think a lot of it still applies. I use some of these um, things and these principles and these ideas to create the um, rates for my own blog. But part of that did get me thinking about why we're not talking about what we charge for what we do and cannot speak for anybody else out there. And I'm not even saying my reasons are good reasons. There's certainly room for debate on whether these are things that should concern me at all. But from my personal experience, there's a couple of reasons that immediately come to mind about why I'm not screaming my rates from the rooftops. Um, and that's a couple things. One, and it, the first part is um, fear that I'm doing something wrong. And I think that's pretty common. There is no rule book for this. There are no standards of this is how much you should get paid. There's no minimum wage for being a creator. I don't care what your your niche, your genre is. We're all figuring this out and we're all kind of guessing and waiting to see if somebody will pay us for a thing, okay? So there is a little bit of fear that if I blast out what I charge either on my blog or my clients that I will discover one, I'm undercharging, which is not a bad thing to discover, except you feel kind of dumb when you realize you've, you know, not charged what you're actually worth. Or I'm afraid I'll find out I'm overcharging and then feel like I can't justify the rate. Now, I that's, that's not something that keeps me up at night because I have gotten to a point after five years as a freelancer and all these years as a sex blogger, I can justify my rate. I feel really good about my rates. But there is that little bit of fear that maybe... If I put my rates out, I have, I have proving I have fucked it all up. And, and I don't know how true that is. And that is a silly fear. And I don't think that's something to, to hide behind. But to be honest about where my head went when I saw this tweet, that was part of it. The other part of it, and I think this is probably more common, I don't think I'm the only one um, who feels this way, is that we don't all charge the same amount and because there is no standard and maybe there should be a minimum standard. I, that's certainly a conversation to have and something to think about in the future. Um, but because there's not, there is a fear that knowing other rates 
a brand may come to me and or come to you and hear my rate and go, well, wait, this person only charges this much. Or they may say the same thing to me. That person only charges that much. Now, again, it goes back to being able to feel comfortable with the rate you charge, justify the rate you charge. And I'll be honest, I have had that happen. I have quoted a rate and had somebody come back to me and say, you charge too much. And I say, I'm not asking you to hire me. You can, you know, take the space, pay me the money or not. Um, so those are anxieties. I don't think they justify not talking about our rates. I'm not trying to justify not talking about our rates, but I, as somebody who has in the past kind of guarded some of my rates closely, it's not something that we tend to talk about in openly, um, many of us at least, I uh, kind of wanted to give my thinking uh, behind it. I don't think my thinking is correct. I'm not standing behind it going, yes, I'm I'm totally right in, in not talking about my rates because of those reasons, but that is what comes to mind. So hopefully in this conversation and going forward, we can open that discussion up. Now, part of the reason from my perspective as somebody who has been setting my own rates in various ways and for various reasons since 2014, that there's also not an easy way to talk about them is because your rate won't be my rate. If what I'm doing is charging for the work I do that is specific to me and my skill level and my experience. When we think about publications, like I, you pitch an idea to a publication, they accept it, you do the work they pay you. Um, there should be at least a base minimum amount that everybody's gonna get paid no matter what, that's as fair as possible based on the budget of that site. Um, and then you should have the freedom to negotiate up. But I also think we need to talk about when we negotiate, renegotiate our, our fees and what we get paid and why we think we deserve that so that the next person can negotiate their way up. I do think there should be more transparency about it. This is not a transparency discussion, okay? But a lot of the rates I'm talking about here are somebody approaches me, I'm the only one who's gonna do the work, I'm the writer for that online retailer, I'm the artist for that brand, I'm the whatever, and that's the work I do and they're a client of mine. Or they're coming to my blog for a specific reason and I am providing them space or airtime or whatever for a fee. As of right now until I have different discussions or thoughts or ideas. I think that is still a very um, unique position for us all to be in that we will not always all charge the same rates. I do think it's fair to know what somebody is willing to pay because that gives you more, more leverage. Like if you know that company's willing to pay $100 for something, well then you know you can start at that price and go, hey, that's what I charge. The thing is though, is if they don't think what you're selling is worth that amount of money, they won't, they don't have to pay it. But at least you know that's a valid amount to charge, right? So it's a very complicated topic. Now, the way I look at charging for what I do, and this is working with clients or space on my site, it is not a minimum wage kind of thing. It's not even there's a base, just that there's a base amount I wanna make. It's about how much I do wanna get paid. And I look at it as I don't charge by the hour, but I know how much I want to, on average, make per hour. And I'll tell you that, full disclosure, I wanna make minimum $100 an hour. Now, the work I do might not take me a full hour. And 
it might not always average out to that. Sometimes it'll average out to more. Sometimes it might average out to less, but that's what I'm shooting for. If over the course of my week, based on all the hours I work, I'm making $100 an hour, then I'm happy. Now, I have not done the math on my current work schedule and income and the hours I work to know if I'm hitting that or beating that. And I really, that's a good thought. I need to go do that because I'd like to know. Because if I've bumped up to the new goal is $150 an hour, well, then I need to start renegotiating prices, right? That's one thing. You want to think about how much you want slash need to get paid. How much do you need to make, especially if you're doing this as a full-time thing or a part-time income to help pay bills or whatever, how much do you want and need to get paid? That's that's a base point to start. How much do you think the other party is going to pay you? Now, I don't want you to spend all your time on this, okay? Because you have no way of knowing until you quote them a price, how much they're willing to pay. If you get somebody who's like, this is our budget or this is our base rate or this is what we typically pay, that's great, you can work with that. But if you spend all your time going, oh my gosh, will they actually pay me this amount? You're gonna make yourself just nuts. So that is a consideration, but it is not a main consideration. You also have to think about the value that you are providing. So if you are writing for somebody else, or let me say creating content for somebody else, they're going to be a client, they're a brand or a business or, you know, a third party that you are creating this specifically for them. What value do you add? This is a service job, okay? This You are providing a service to somebody. So are you gonna help them come up with ideas? Are you going to talk to them about promotion? Are you gonna do some of the social media, media for them? Are you going to look for images to go with your words? Are you going to upload your content for them? Like those, those are services and that is added value. Do you have direct experience in the thing you're creating content about? Like I do and can and will charge more when I'm writing for kink outlets, because I am bringing all of that experience. I am bringing my experience as a kinkster, my experience as an educator, my experience with every single day talking to people about this, like there, that's worth something. So I will think about that as well. And then there is experience and skill in the job you're doing. So the first year you're writing, you should not make as much money as you will on the fifth year of your writing smut lancing career, like whatever your content creation is, right? So I don't think in your first job or your first client, you should be scraping the bottom of the barrel and um, pricing yourself down. The whole idea of, you know, Fiverr, where for $5, somebody can get a 300 word article, that makes makes my head want to explode. That is in no way enough money. I don't care how new you are, okay? So yeah, you might not charge what you eventually want to charge for that very first client you get or your very first year as a freelancer or your very first sex blog sponsorship, whatever. But know that that price can and will rise over time as you gain experience, as you gain an audience, as you get better at this, as you figure out what works so that the person or entity paying you gets value for their money as well. So basically you can see why this is a complicated thing and I have not found um, a specific formula that works. So you've got to take all of those things into consideration. Um, let me give you an example and preface this with when I'm quoting prices, 
when I'm, we're down to brass tacks and the person has said, I want this much content, I want it in this way, this is what I'm gonna need you to provide, I will give a specific price for that. I will sit down and go, okay, how much time do I think that's gonna take me? How much effort is required? And effort isn't just, especially as a writer, it's not just in the writing, it's in the forming ideas, it's in the doing research, it's in all the ancillary stuff as well. So all of that has to go into your rate as well. Once we're talking specifics, I will give a specific price quote. When somebody says, hey, do you write for other sites and how much do you charge? I give them a range, okay? I have learned that by doing that, I I weed out people who don't wanna pay my rates, okay? Who are like, oh, no, 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 I'll go to Fiverr and spend $5 and get crap. Um, and sometimes not crap, but God, why? Please don't do that. Please don't go to Fiverr and sell your, your words for pennies or your art for pennies, by the way. Um, so, I give them a range so they know what to expect. A lot of times they're gone. I never hear from them again. They didn't want to pay my rate. Cool. I'm happy with that. I do not want to fuck around with people who once they hear the bottom line after I've done all the work, they go, oh, you're too expensive for me. Or they try to haggle me down. That's not happening. Okay. That is so not happening. I can, I will negotiate based on other value propositions and ads that aren't necessarily about money but I'm gonna get my base rate first, okay? So case in point, I had a uh, person reach out to me for potential content. No, I'm not naming names because one, nothing's finalized, and two, these conversations are in my mind private. They are, the other person should feel like they have the freedom to tell me what they need to tell me and I should have the freedom to go back and forth so I'm not giving any details yet. Maybe once they're, if they become an official client, I'll say, okay, this is who I write for, right? But for right now, we're still in discussion mode. We're still in negotiation mode. We're still figuring it out. And when they came to me and said, I'm gonna need some blog content, how much do you charge? And we've talked about this, I think it's been mostly through blog posts. I've talked about you ask a shit ton of questions first because you cannot give them a price until you know what they're actually asking for. And then the other side is I give a range because I know what my minimum is. And I said, well, depending on what you're looking for, depending on the type of content, depending on, and I've like listed all these things we were depending on, my range can be anywhere for a basic sort of blog article that sits on most other websites, $75 to $125. When he didn't bolt, <laughs> I knew we could at least start the conversation. Um, will he pay the 75 and is he banking on the 75? He didn't say. I'm not putting my hopes on the 125 a piece, but I know that if we get to that price, I will be able to justify every penny of it, okay? Now, that is my range and that's a broad range to work with. I also, and I put this in here, I'm like, look, if you um, create something with me that's a monthly thing where I know you're gonna order this much content for me in a month. I will give you a, a set price for the whole month and it'll have a slight discount in it. And here's why I do that. I don't have to do that. I could say, oh, I wrote eight pieces. They were 125 each, right? I could do that and then do the math, move on. Here's what I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get steady business where they come back. I want a paycheck I can rely on. I wanna know each month how much I'm billing. That is what I need to feel good. Why? Because I have a budget to maintain, I have bills to pay. My entire freelance income 
maintains our entire household. I have to know how much is coming in. So will I cut a slight break per article that looks like a quote discount to a client in order to ensure that I know month month to month how much I'm going to make? Mm-hmm. You better damn well believe I will. And guess what? Some companies really appreciate that because it helps their budget too. Now, um, I do not charge by the word as a writer. You can. I do not charge by the hour. I please, 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 please don't charge by the hour. Um, you cannot ever keep up with the amount of hours in the day versus how much money you can make when you do that. Uh, I like to charge either by the article, if it's a blog post or something I'm writing, or by the month. Like you give me this much work, this is your price, or hey, per piece, it's this price. I do not talk to clients about how long something is going to take me other than to say, I can get it to you by this date. Okay. I'm not telling them that it takes me two hours to write an article or one hour or 30 minutes to write something for them. I'm not doing it because then you'll start talking to the type of people who want to nickel and dime your time. Mm -mm. They're paying for the finished product and they're paying for the skill I bring, the experience I bring, the value I add, and the service I provide, not just the words on the page. Okay, so that's how I justify my price and that's how I price myself. It is by the thing that you want completed for you, either one at a time or over the course of a month. And like I said, what I'm trying to do is to get to a place where I'm making approximately $100 an hour. Here's the cool thing. When you do the same type of work over and over again, you get faster at it. Now, there's a blip every time you either change a client or add a client and your topic changes or their system for doing this changes. So I've been writing, as boring as it is, about insurance for several, five years now, several years. Um because there's very little that's new and exciting in the world of insurance, at least in the way I'm writing about it for a client. Um, I can write those in about 30 minutes, sometimes less, sometimes 20 minutes because of the system I've worked out with that client. That client sends me the topic, sends me um, resources so I can understand the topic because he knows I I don't know anything about insurance. And I use that to formulate the blog post. And sometimes when I'm really on the ball, I can get that done in 20 minutes. So I'm not charging him by the hour. I'm, I actually charge him by the month for a bulk rate. Like you send me this much content, this is how much it costs you. And I've done the math. I know what it averages out to. And because I know how long they take me, that I'm at a point where sometimes I can write three of those in an hour. When that client shifts topics on me because the process is the same, it adds about 10 minutes per article. But when I get a brand new client, I have to learn their process. I have to learn their way. I have to learn the style they want. We, there, It's a whole thing and it takes longer. So I think long-term, okay? I think if I do a good enough job and this person sticks with me over two or three months, I'm gonna get really fast at this. So my base rate right now, based on the fact that it's taking me longer in the first week to do this work, I'm not making as much per hour, but give me a month, maybe two. I will speed this up because the only part of it I'm thinking about is how to put the words together, not the process of it. I will do this in less time. I will make the same amount of money I'm making today, but I will technically be making more per hour. What I'm trying to do is do less work and make more money. And it's a delicate balance. 
which is why I don't charge by the hour, but I think of it in terms of the hour. So I think, how long will that article take me to write and polish and get ready for a client? Okay, it's probably gonna take me 45 minutes. It's probably gonna take me an hour. It might take me an hour and a half, whatever it might be. I'm then going to charge accordingly. But I now have enough experience to know long-term, the length of time it takes me today will not be the length of time it takes me in three months. It just won't. I'll be faster at it because I've got practice at it. And I know what the client wants and expects. So that's how I price client work. Now, all of the same uh, criteria of how much I want to make, how much I think somebody would be willing to pay for something, the value, the experience, the skill, that to a certain extent applies when I think about how I want to charge rates on my blog for somebody who wants space on my blog. And the value is what are they getting from my audience and what will my audience expect from me? So I get picky. I'm only going to write like a sponsored blog post. I'm only going to write content that fits my audience. So you can want me to share this post on this thing about cam websites, but my audience doesn't give two shits. I'm charging the, the fee I'm charging so that you will get the value of an audience that actually reads this article and you've got a chance of getting your, your link clicked on because we know that's why they want sponsored content. They they're paying for the space so that somebody will click on their link. Now, some of them are paying for a do follow link. Payment and do follow link should never be in the same sentence. That goes against Google uh, guidelines. You can choose to do whatever you want, but it's bad enough social media will do everything they can to block us. And it's bad enough that Google doesn't make us as visible as they could. I'm not gonna screw over uh, Google's rules for them to make it so I can't be found at all. So, when somebody says, I want a sponsored post on your blog, but I want to do follow link, I say, ha, 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 no, we don't do that. Here's my rate. It's a no follow link, which has less value to that company. But then I back it up with, I got this audience, and I got this social media reach. And if we write a compelling enough article and you pay my top rate for a compelling enough article, guess what? you'll get something out of this. Maybe not the thing you thought you wanted when you're asking for a do follow link, but you will get something. That's the value I bring. When I tell y'all over and over and over again to please focus on building your audience and building an audience that gives a shit about you and that shows up and because you are consistent and they care about what you're writing about and you're putting out content and that audience is growing, Part of it is for this reason, because guess what? When you've got an audience and you can show, hey, I'll put something on my site that links to you and people will click on it. They will click your link. They might not buy anything. You can never guarantee that kind of thing, but they will click and they will go to your site and they will check you out. You've just increased your value and you get to ask higher prices. Now, I know I do not charge as high a price as other sex bloggers, more prominent sex bloggers might. I know I don't. Um, because I look at my sex blogger rates the same way I look at my client rates. And this, and I haven't said this yet, so both of these things go hand in hand. If we have a good working relationship, I want you to come back. I want you to spend your money with me on a regular basis, okay? For a while, I had a, a guy who, he was doing sponsored content for several different websites. And over the course of a year, I think he came to me like five or six times and he would pay my rate, which meant I made that over and over again. 
I also increased my profile with other people who buy sponsored content on websites because they saw me doing the work and they're like, oh, that's a person who sells sponsored content. And oh, by the way, they sell it quite frequently. Look, I should go see what they charge for that. I'm here to make money consistently, okay? I am not here to charge the absolute highest price I can and never get hired again. I will charge a slightly lower rate that I still feel is fair in order for somebody who's decent that I wanna work with to have a reason to wanna come back and work with me again. Now you can't guarantee that they'll come back. There's no way to know if they will come back, but I will not overprice myself to the point that they go, why the hell did I pay that much money? I didn't get that much value. I'm done, I'm not doing this again. Or the worst yet, they want to cancel something in the middle of it and I don't get the full amount of the money or get to keep the full amount of money. Like that to me is my nightmare. I will price myself at a, a fair amount that maybe not everybody is, is charging to get the business. Now, full disclosure, I'll put it out here. What I charge for a sponsored post on my website, now this is content, it's a blog post, is anywhere from 125 up to $150 per post. But that's not even set in stone. So if there's any company out here going, hey, you said you would charge this, I get to change my mind. It's my content, it's my site, it's my home, I get to do what I want. But as of right this moment, that's approximately what I charge. And it depends on what's being asked of me, it depends on the company, it depends on all kinds of stuff. And when it's a company I desperately wanna work with, that first one, I might cut them a break, especially if I approach them. Like, hey, for this first one, I'll give you a discount. I really wanna work with you, let's do something together. And that's not just for a sponsor blog post, that is for an ad, that's for um, technically, Masturbation Monday, technically the Smut Lancer, even though I never promoted it, and Loving BDSM, the podcast, they're available for sponsorship. Now, each site will have a different price because each site has different audience numbers, has different engagement numbers, has different reach, has different everything. But that's a sponsorship that if it's a company I really want to work with and I want to build a working relationship with them, hell yeah, I'll give them a discount the first month or so. Hell yeah, I'll prove to them, I'll take the cut rate, prove to them that I'm worth paying for, build that relationship, build that loyalty, and then we'll come back and we'll renegotiate later. For Masturbation Monday, this is not the price I would charge anymore because my numbers are starting to go up. But Masturbation Monday, for a while, for companies I loved, I was offering $50 a month to get their name mentioned in every Masturbation Monday podcast episode, to get their logo all over the freaking website, and to get links all over the place, like, and social media love. Like, I did a really, really cut rate discount for all of that. It wasn't just a one thing, it was a ton of stuff because I wanted to prove my value. Some people are not interested in that. That's fine. You have to find what works for you, okay? But the way I look at it is no company, no matter how big they are, has an unlimited budget and no one, nothing works on a one-off. And I tell this to companies that reach out to sponsor, especially Loving BDSM Podcast. I'm always trying to sell more than one sponsorship. One, I make more money that way, of course. But two... It's because what gets people to pay attention to you is repetition. You have to be there in front of them more than once. Having your name mentioned in one uh, podcast episode 
is almost meaningless. People aren't, might not be listening at that exact time or they heard it, but they don't remember it. But when they hear you over and over again or hear about you over and over again, then they remember you and they go, oh yeah, there's that company. And it's not about the immediate value of, I said your name and so then somebody went and followed you or clicked on your store link or made a purchase. It's about, I put your name in their head so that a month later, two months later, when they were looking for something that you sell, right? You're the one they think about because they heard about you multiple times from a source they like and trust. So um, uh, that's why I price the way I do. Um, I do not, we have not refigured our rates for Loving BDSM podcast sponsorship, but for full disclosure, what the hell have I got to lose? To sponsor a podcast episode, one episode, used to be $50 per episode. That was 2018 rates. I do not know 2019 rates. It could be the same. It could be higher. I will always try to justify my um, rates, especially for podcasts, in numbers. Like how many downloads are we getting? What's our social media reach? Like what am I offering that will justify this cost? Because let me say again, I don't want a one-off job or gig or paycheck. I want you to come back. I want to build a working relationship that is client-based, that is blog-based, that is brands and sponsorships and people who are like, take our money, put our name into the world. Please let everybody know we exist. Those people, I want them to keep coming back. Now, I have not perfected this. I, um, If you've looked at any of those income uh, reports that I put out monthly on the Smutlancer website, you know that the vast majority of my income is client-based. I'm really comfortable with clients. I'm really comfortable with the service-oriented kind of work. Just that's my jam. I am trying desperately to transition into taking that service-oriented approach with brands I respect and like and work with that have some money to spend and having them put that money in any one of my websites that fits their goals too, right? So that's where I come at the figuring out my rates, not charging as much as maybe somebody would say, well, you could charge this much. Well, I could, but if I don't feel good about that amount, that's not cool. And if somebody will only pay it once and never come back, that's dummy no good, none at all. So it's a balance, okay? My numbers might be too low for you. You might be hearing my numbers going, oh, hell no. My numbers might be too high for you. That's okay. We are all at different places in this, okay? Now, I do want to give you some concrete things that can help you a little bit with your rates. And when I say a little bit, I mean... You can look at these things and then you still have to go with what feels right. You still have to go with your gut. One, and is one I use all the time. Anytime a current client or a potential new client wants a different type of content than I'm used to creating, they don't just want a blog post. They don't just want some sales copy on, you know, a specific page of their website, especially like a sex toy retailer. They've got like a page for vibrators. Well, you want me to write content about vibrators? I'm here. I know how to charge for that. But when one of my clients wanted me to start writing brand guides and they wanted me to start writing brochures and it was just different types of content, this is the resource I used. It is called Writer's Market for, and then whatever the current year is. The one I have, I believe is 2017. Yeah, it's 2017 version. The Writer's Market 2019 book, it's a big, thick book. I think you can get access to it online through Writer's Digest. I'm gonna link to it below in the show notes. Do not worry. 
but they have pages of ranges of how to charge for something by the project or by, because this is for writers, by the word. Um, and they'll tell you what the low end is. They'll tell you what the high end is and they'll tell you what the average is. And the way I look at it is if I look at the average and I don't either laugh because that's ridiculously low or laugh because that's ridiculously high to me, then I'll go with the average for a first time. If I don't feel comfortable uh, and don't feel like I can justify a price. And some of that is about my own anxiety, y'all. That's not based on anything concrete. Um, I might lowball myself the first time and say, well, let's see how this goes and then renegotiate later. The other one I use, this one is strictly for um, different publications, primarily written, but not necessarily. So I think there are some graphics and some audio and some video freelancing things in here. It's on a site called contently.net and it's the freelancer by contently. And the whole site, it's about being a freelancer. I've gotten some uh, great tips there. Um, I try to share articles from there on my Twitter, uh, the Smut Lancer Twitter from time to time. They have a rates database for publications. Now this is for publications. This isn't necessarily for negotiating your rate, although you could use it for that. This is, I want to write for this place, or I want to submit a graphic for this place, or I want to work with this place, but they don't put their rates, what they pay out publicly. So I have no clue what I can expect. This database has been built over time by freelancers submitting information based on what they were paid. And I think it even has like a section on did you negotiate? Could you negotiate? All that. So I'm going to link to both of those because what I have found over time is even if I don't negotiate a rate that's identical to what I'm seeing in one of these resources, it lets me know if I'm undercharging and it lets me know if I possibly am overcharging. And again, overcharging is really, really hard to nail down because if someone will pay that price, you're not overcharging. My view on it is if they never come back and ask you to, to do that thing for them again and pay you that amount again, you might be overcharging. That is a judgment call only you can make, okay? Now, you have looked at your resources, the Writer's Market book, um, the Contently website, you've listened to my rates, you've talked to people, you've done your Google search, like you've done everything, all the things we all do to try and figure out how much we should charge, right? Here is the best rule I was ever given about knowing if you are charging the right amount. If the person that you're quoting that price to says yes, really, really fast, like ridiculously fast, you have undercharged yourself. You are, you've underpriced yourself. You are not charging enough. Okay. So all that tells you is that next time bump that price up. Once you've been doing business with that person, maybe the first time, maybe the next time, maybe you go a couple months, whatever your threshold is, you renegotiate your rates for something a little bit higher. For me, it's important to be able to justify the value of what I bring before I start bumping my rates up, especially if I do it like the very next project or a couple months from, from that point, okay? Now, if the price scares you a little bit. If the rate you're thinking in your head makes you a little nervous, it's probably perfect. So what I have found is when I have a price that, that makes me go, oh God, would anybody actually pay me this amount? I don't, I don't know. Oh my God, I'm, I'm charging too much. And they say yes, 
but they, it's not an immediate yes. I go, yeah, that was the right price. I'm on the right track. That's what they're willing to pay for it. Um, I did one time quote what I felt was just an astronomical price for an amount of a body of work. And they said yes within like five seconds. I was like, oh, uh, clearly I could have asked for more. Um, <laughs> and um, I actually have a great working relationship with that particular client. And the, the pay has actually gone down. The work has gone down. So if I take a pay cut for a client, I don't do the same amount of work for the, for a lower amount of pay. I do less amount of work. My time has value. So if a client comes to me and says, oh, we really want to keep working for you, but this $1,000 a month, this $500 a month, this whatever, we can't, we can't budget this anymore. This is what we can budget. I say, here's what I can give you for that amount. I might give them a little bit more than I would a brand new client. I want to maybe keep the working relationship. I want to be there for them in this time of need. So when they're doing well again, I'm the one they think of and they're like, hey, we know she worked with us on this. We've got more money. We've got more time. We want more content. We want more whatever service I'm providing. We'll go to her because she was so easy to work with. Like that's how I think of it. Not everybody thinks of it that way and that's okay. But the price you quote, the rate you quote for your own blog, for clients, for whoever is asking how much do you charge for this? If it scares you a little bit, it's probably the right price for you to be charging. It shouldn't feel easy like you're like, oh yeah, they're definitely gonna say yes to this. $5 for 300 words, right? Like, no, no, it should not feel that easy. It should feel a little hard where you're a little unsure. I have found if I say a price and it makes me laugh, I'm like, no, no, that's not happening. Then yeah, I've, I'm overpricing myself. But the reality is somebody might accept that price. So it does depend on what you want and need. It goes back to that very first point at the top. I'm trying to pay bills and pay a mortgage and buy groceries and put shoes on my children's feet. This is what I'm here to do. So I'm gonna be more conservative in my pricing so I get the job, I feel good about what I'm making because you have to live with it, you're the one setting it. So you have to feel like, oh yeah, I'm willing to do this work for that amount of money. That's why it's so hard to tell you how much our rates are because it really is an individual thing. I might say $150 for something and somebody else is laughing like, I no, I can't ask that amount. Nobody's gonna pay me that amount. And maybe because they don't have the experience yet, nobody will pay them that today. But if they said $100, somebody would pay them that today because what is it that you want? Do you want to get paid today? Or do you wanna get paid in the future when somebody feels like that's worth, whatever you're charging, that's worth it to pay? So it's this really delicate balance. There is no perfect rate system as of right now, quite frankly. It is up to all of us, okay? It is up to all of us to figure out what we think we're worth, how much the work is worth to us. And here's the other thing I will tell you about your rates. And this is how I learned, because I hate renegotiating my rates. I don't like, don't like the conversation. I don't like the conflict. I don't like the potential rejection. Yes, I have been rejected by um, wanting to bump my rates. I got one person to accept a rate adjustment and three months later, they no longer wanted to work with me. I had somebody else negotiate back and forth and we found a middle ground that I was comfortable with. So it, that's why I don't like it. Not everybody automatically says, oh yes, I will give you whatever rate you wanna renegotiate after a year. For me, it's a year. Some people might renegotiate job by job, I renegotiate on the year or the two year, I do it on like a anniversary kind of mark. 
but I hate having the conversation. But here's how I know it's time to talk about my rates. If I am disgusted that I'm doing this work for that amount of money, it's time to renegotiate the rates. It means that I do not feel like the money I'm bringing in is worth the work I'm doing. And here's how I know that. It's because I know at that point, based on everything else I'm doing with different clients, with new people that I've met that I've been able to charge a higher price to, that I can make more money and for the time I'm spending, that I am not making enough for my time. And that is absolutely a personal judgment call as well. That comes with experience, that comes with time. Once you've gotten one or two people through a negotiation process and you found a couple of companies or brands or whoever to pay your fee, you realize that 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 works and you can do that. And you start over time thinking about what your time is worth. And I have found, and everybody I've talked to that's done this sort of long-term, we all kind of get to a point where like, no, 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 I'm worth more than that. Because I know what I'm doing, I know what the value I'm bringing, I know what service I'm providing, I know how important this is. Like you understand your place better in the freelance world once you do it for a little while. And for some of us, it takes longer. It depends on your anxiety levels and your personality and what's important to you and how you think of money. And like, there's all these variables. But for me, over the past five years, since 2014, I'm officially in the five-year mark, June 7th or 8th, I think is officially the five-year mark. Um, I have a very clear sense of what I'm worth. I am charging what I feel like are rates that even in an economic decline, even if a company goes, oh crap, we can't afford this budget anymore. We've got to cut something that they might cut how much they pay me. They might cut how much work they order from me each month but I'm providing enough service that they're sticking with me and the rates are reasonable enough that they don't feel like what they pay for the thing I do for them is something that they can just ignore and, and it's a waste. Now there are companies out there who look at content like that. They're like, they're doing it because somebody somewhere told them they're supposed to. And the moment they've got to cut a budget, they don't have any problem cutting their, their writer or their content creator. Of course not. But the companies that I've been fortunate enough to work with, they come to me because content to them is extremely important and they understand the place it has in their business. So what I do is I try to charge what I consider a reasonable fee that is fair to me and to them that fits their budget, that fits the value I provide. And as I provide more value and more service and I do more for them and my content gets results for them, that's another part of it, then I feel justified in charging higher prices. A little aside, we're at the 45, 46 minute mark at this point, because I really hate the renegotiation conversation. Um, the way I've gotten around that with a couple of clients is I take on more work and the new projects, like I keep doing the thing I've been doing, writing blog posts or writing, you know, basic web copy, whatever. I don't change that price, but for the new stuff, I bump that up to my highest and best price and then make sure they get their money's worth but more per hour per project. However, I'm mentally thinking about it. Like I said, I don't charge by the hour, but I think of it by the hour, at least sometimes. Um, I'll charge a higher price there and I'll get a better, I'll get more money. One, because I'm doing more work, but two, it's a higher value from them and for me. Like it's, we're, we're trading value back and forth. They're giving me more money for this new thing 
and I'm not going to them and asking for more money for that old thing. And I'm coming out way better than I, than I had before. Case in point, I've got a client where I write their blog copy, but I also do social media stuff for them. Well, the blog copy averages, because like I said, I do that bulk discount. You guarantee me a certain amount of work every month. I'll give you a steady price. You'll get a discount. Well, when they came to me, I was charging $50 base price for a blog post. Well, the way it worked out, they're getting each one for about $46 a month. It's a slight discount, not much. But the next project I did for them was triple, quadruple per month what they're paying for content for me because of the value I'm providing and the work I'm doing. And that's where I increased my rate was on the next new thing I did for them. So I still get the old rate for the thing I've been doing forever. But the next thing they add, because they can count on me and they they like the work I do and the service I provide, is a higher price and they're willing to pay it, if that makes any sense. So this was a very long, drawn out conversation. There's a lot in here um, on actually calculating your prices. Like I said, I do have blog content specifically about that. I will link to it in the show notes. Um, I hope this helps you think about your rates and how you're going to charge when you get to that point or how you're going to charge now if you're at that point. Um, I hope, you know, hearing my personal rates, I hope that makes you feel a little bit better about what you're charging. If you're charging more than me and people are paying you for it, go for it. That's great. Okay. We all have to be able to sleep at night with what we charge. And I'm fairly comfortable. I ha- like I said, I have not reset 2019 rates yet, but Um, Those are my rates, the ones sprinkled throughout the episode, if that helps you at all. So thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast with me, Kayla Lords. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great info at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow the Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I'm at thesmutlancer in all three places. Feel free to reach out there or by email at kayla at thesmutlancer.com with questions or topic suggestions. Thanks for listening. Let's do this again next week. 